Blog Talk Radio. Peace to the gods. You already know, man. Bohemian wizardry, you fraud them thieves be killing me. The enemy is close, you both lies on our identity. I feel like he who stepped, architect like M. Hotel. Son had the son himself, the guard deadly with the art. I fit dark with a slit heart. You can feel it in your bone marrow before the shit starts. Standing in the cold with a scroll that was written in gold. Behold the old glimpse that was never untold. Infinite like the eight, seven dwelling in your melon. No felon, though the unrighteous say that I'm rebellious. I'm primal, my rhyme suicide. I worship no idols. My style, a load of gems going down in a spiral. You stuck in your root. My intelligence passed my cool. The God is the truth. Every time I step in the booth, you stepped on the stoop. Got Scoop the swoop in my loop. Do the knowledge, whack them seeds, get slayed like flu. It was the son of a saw, a gift from the gods. Who rules flying through the sky with golden wings. Submerged into the light. Nighted by the golden king with the scepter of justice. Melanin cultivating she until we are Ethereans. Finally becoming one with the righteous sun. Solar, souls are raw. Magnificent glow with unconditional love. Scattered rays for days from the heavens above. Soul below the souls. Trapped in the lowest depths of hell, incarnated into 76 trillion cells to break free. We must be refined, masculine and feminine properties combined. The devil is the author of confusion. 183,000 divisions and religions. Denominations that's close schisms and isms. Though isn't it written in the Bible that Jesus spoke in parables? The scriptures and gospels aren't just historical. Many passages weren't meant to be taken literal. Most of it is allegorical based on esoteric principles. Baptist versus Methodist, Pentecostal holiness versus Jehovah Witness, Mormons versus Seven Day Advances. Atheists and agnostics, divine and cosmic tactics of the reptilians, lower fourth dimensional aliens. So beware of the draconian Satanists. Yo, they aim to imprison all true beings through ignorance. So we crush the head of Leviathan. Battle mind control, superlative suggestion, brainwashing, indoctrination, using religious politics, education, economics, health and labor, entertainment and war. Yo, sex and law. In this chessboard game called life, we've all been pawns. Puppets on strings controlled by demonic spawns. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. Back again with your host, Dr. Eileen Bay. First of all, all the radio, we are back in the building, no doubt, no doubt. Brother Fahim, are you on the air? My co-host. Hey, how you doing tonight? Doing great, God. How you doing? Doing well, doing very well. We got Google Hangout. We have YouTube, as well as also, first of all, all the radio, blog talk. So we're going to get started on our talk today, and we're dealing with the return of the serpents of wisdom, all right? So that's what we're going to be dealing with tonight, the return of the serpents of wisdom, all right? So just check us out, all right? So we're going to get to it as we normally do. We're going to go to the presentation. We're going to get on to it, Brother L. Um, hopefully you're watching it from YouTube or either Google Hangout. Um, you can actually see me um, with the slide presentation. Um, if you're on the radio, all right, 
don't mean that you have to get off the radio. Just mean that um, you need to turn it down and you know continue list you know listening um, at least by way of uh, the slide presentation. All right, um, you can hear it on the radio, or either you can get on YouTube or Google Hangout. All right, so let's get started. Here we're going to share the screen. We're going to get it popping, and we're going to go to the presentation for tonight. All right. All right, so we're going to go back to the teaching of Onibelaj Muhammad, Masfra Muhammad, through the supreme wisdom. Brother L, you know about this, as you was a former member of the Nation of Islam. Um, the student enrollment, number three, rules of Islam. The following questions may be answered 100% before submittance of students who said lesson number one. All right, who is the original man? The original man is the Asiatic black man. The maker, the owner, the cream of planet Earth, God of the universe. Now, in the 120 lessons of the nation of gods on Earth, five percenters, they take it a little bit further. The original man is the Asiatic black man in their answer. The maker, the owner, and the cream of planet Earth, father of civilization, God of the universe. All right? There actually was a book called Father of the Civilized, Father of Civilization, all right, that was put out, I believe it was back in the 19... 19- um, 20s or 30s, all right? Um, if you get your hands on that book, I think I do have a copy of it somewhere in my library. Um, it goes into the fact how melanated people existed not just in Africa, but um, throughout the whole world, as we're going to get into tonight, because on the Blast Muhammad told us that long before there ever was a Caucasian or white race, on the face of the earth, you and I and our fathers were not just thousands of years, not just hundreds of thousands of years, not just millions of years, not just billions of years, but trillions of years ago, according to the word of Almighty God Allah, to me, that we and our fathers were here. There is no birth record, meaning there is no beginning record of the black people. They have been here forever and forever they have. You do not know nothing about their beginning. There is no prophecies of any ending to them. This is known. The world knows it. All right. Only Belash Muhammad, Master Farah Muhammad, not a settler, a silk peddler. All right. You go to MohammedSpeaks.com. Now, what is he talking about here? Trillions of years. Well, we know that the stars are the condensation of the mind of our ancestors who came from the previous universe. At the end of the previous universe, our ancestors expanded their mind beyond measure until they encompassed the whole universe. That process of expansion caused an apparent contraction of their universe until it was reduced to the size of a single planet. In stages in the empty space surrounding the new Earth, creating the seven substances, magnetism, electricity, light, heat, energy, and etc., which eventually formed the new stars after many trillions of years. All right, now... According to African Roots of Humanity and Civilization by Renoko Rashidi, says the African that first people to earth gave birth or significantly influenced the world's oldest and most magnificent civilization. This is the African that first entered Asia, Europe, Australia, the South Pacific, and the early Americas, 
not as slaves, but as masters. We now know, based on recent scientific studies of DNA, which modern humans originated in Africa, that black people are the world's original people and that all moderate humans can ultimately trace their roots right back to the people that came from out of so-called Africa. All right? Of course, someone called it a Kiba line. Now, this is when we find out how deep the rabbit holes get. Cause Dr. Khaled Muhammad says this. We have people now that want to fight us, attack us. You mean you become so sick and degenerate until you will call yourself an Asiatic instead of an African? Well, I use African, all right, just for communication. Are we so stuck on them till we get stuck on stupid? We're not talking about a continent. We're talking about when the landmass of what is called planet Earth was different. And he's talking about when it was Pangea. You just want to claim a spot or the whole thing. Africa is not our home. Let me let that hang in the atmosphere for a while. I say at this gathering of the masters, Africa is not your home. Africa, as it is called today, is our throne. And from that throne, we ruled our home, which is 196,940,000 square miles of the planet Earth and 76 continual miles throughout the spheres of light of the diameter of the universe. You don't believe it? Get the book by Ivan von Sertima, the African presence in ancient America that came before Columbus, African presence in early America, African presence in early Asia, African presence in early Europe, the golden age of the Moor, of the Moor, all right? We see around the world the original Australians, the original Asian, the original people of Latin descent, the original Filipinos, the original Indians, the original people of India, or melanated. And this is all before 6,000 to 8,000 years ago, before there was the first Albion Caucasian on the planet Earth. Get the book Sex and Race, Volume 1 by J. Rogers. Get what they never told you in history class by Indochemic Kush. Also get his other book, The Missing Pages of History. And it is explained to us, all right, by Dr. Khaled. He goes into Asia, into his last speech. Get the book Forbidden Archaeology and the Hidden History of the Human Race by Michael Creedmoor and Richard L. Thompson. All right, they speak of the Precambrian a group sphere from the Precambrian South African miners that found hundreds of metallic spheres well underground, at least one with a three parallel groove running around the equator. According to the scientists, the spheres are found in uh, phyrophilic rock, which is mined in western Transville, South Africa, which is 2.8 billion years old. It says the spheres are not natural objects and their origin is unknown. They obviously was created by intelligent beings. What they call the clock drop spheres. And this is how they look. And this is the one that they talk about with three um, groove lines running across the equator. 
but they date back 2.8 billion years old, and they found over 200 of them in South Africa. Scientific American Magazine, metallic vessel from Precambrian rock, June 5th, 1852, issue of the South American um, Scientific American Magazine continues a report, contains a report about a blast carried out at Meeting Hill Rock in Dorchester, Massachusetts. It says the blast disgorged tons of rock described in the U- by the United States Geological Survey is putting stone dating back over 600 million years old. A, meta- a bell-shaped metallic vessel was blown out of the rock that was about four inches high and was um, carved with exquisite carving, indicating the presence of artistic metal workers over 600 million years ago. The same information is found in the final call, Undeniable Truth, written by Robert Mohammed. He speaks about this. According to the recent United States Geological Survey, a map of Boston, Dorchester area, the putting stone now called the Roxbury Conglomerate, is of pre-Cambrian age, over 600 million years old. But this is what he's talking about right here, to the right. 600 million old Voss. All right? And this is all before the continent broke apart. This was before there was a Pangea. Well, before we, we now call Hyperborea or Lemuria or Atlantis. Or Africa. All before these various land masses came into existence, there was all one, and it was called Pangea, or as Dr. Khalid Muhammad states, Asia. Hence the term Asiatic. Asia is from the Hebrew word Asia, which means the realm or the world of the making. You are in the world of making. You are a maker. Hence an earthling or Asiatic. Right? You go to Egypt, the 47th chapter. Egypt, the capital empire of the dominion of Africa. You go to the Moorish Holy Quran, Circle 7. All right? He stole to us and prepared, divinely prepared by Prophet Noble Jurali. The inhabitants of Africa are the descendants of the ancient Canaanites from the land of Canaan. Old man Cush and his family are the first inhabitants of, Af- of Africa who came from the land of Canaan, right? His father Ham and his family were second. Now, they was called Moru. And if you know anything about America, it says the original application of the name of America is Moru. They came the word Ethiopia. This is why the capital of Ethiopia was Moru or Moro, which is M-E-R-O-E, but it came from M-E-R-U, which means the um, demarcation line of the dominion of Amexum, the first true and divine name of Africa, the dividing of the land between the father and his son, the dominion of Cush, northeast and southeast Africa, and northwest and southwest was his father's dominion of Africa. In later years, many of the brethren from Asia and the Holy Land joined them. The Moabites from the land of Moab received permission from the pharaohs of Egypt to settle and inhabit Northwest Africa. They was the founders and are the true possessors of the present Moroccan Empire. Now, the Moroccan Empire expanded all the way from what we call Tripoli, which is the capital of Libya, all the way into Montezuma, which is Mexico, going into Central South America. 
This is why the Marines sang that song. What they sang, Brother L? That's right. What they saying, brother L? What they saying, brother L? Oh, it's definitely. I said, I love that map you have with Pangea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now, now tell oh, them it's up South America, North America, Africa, East Antarctica, uh, India, yeah, yeah. the Pacific Ocean. Now tell them how to sing that song, that, that Marine song. Oh, yeah, the whole yeah. to the shores of Tripoli. That's right. From the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli, that was the empire. Right? Exactly. That's what made that's what made us African American. If you want to use that, but it's still those are two continents. Not enough. Right. That was what that would be. What would make us because we ruled both land masses with the with the Canaanites, Hittites, and Amorite brethren who sojourned from the land of Canaan seeking new homes. Their dominion and inhabitation extended from northeast and southwest of Africa, across Great Atlantis, even unto the present North, South, and Central America, and also Mexico and the Atlantis Islands, which is Caribbean, the Caribbean, before the Great Earthquake, which caused the Great Atlantic Ocean. So it was a Great Earthquake. All right, the Titanic plates. Eruption, volcanic eruption, all of these things took place. All right. Get the book, The Gods and Spacemen in the West, Ancient West, by Raymond Drake. He states that the pygmies inhabited Earth for 30 million years. Now here he is talking about gods and the spacemen, you know, but it's in ancient West. This is the return of the ancient ones. All right. This is the return of the ancient, of the serpents of wisdom. Remember, the snakes that ran out of Ireland were the pygmies. So here the pygmies are in the West, the ancient West, and they were the gods and the spacemen, according to Raymond Drake. And they've been on this planet over 30 million years. Now, of course, we know that it goes further back than that because we just showed you somebody making these particular spheres, metallic spheres, as well as also metallic metal bars, vessels. Over 600 million to 2.8 billion years ago. It can only have been the Twa people. Why? Because according to Albert Church, War Signs and Symbols of Primordial Man, he states that the pygmies, who are known as the Twa or Tarhite, or the and new people, or the original and the oldest living people on the face of planet Earth. Case closed. All right? The pygmies is a term used for various ethnic groups worldwide whose average height is unusually low. Anthropologists define pygmies as a group whose adult men grow to less than 150 centimeters, 4 feet, and 11 inches in average height. A member of the slightly taller group is termed pygmoid. All right? Pygmoid. Pygmoid. So the best known pygmies are the Aka, the Ifa, and the Mbutu of Central Africa. There are also pygmies in Australia, Thailand, Malaysia, Indonesia, the Philippines, Papua New Guinea, Brazil. Oh, Brazil, that's South America. So they're over here too. 
The term also includes the Negritos of Southeast Asia, hence Asiatics. The remains of at least 25 miniature humans who lived between 1,000 and 3,000 years ago were found on the island of Palau. Right? Now, we go to Origin and Evolution of Freemasonry by Albert Churchward, and he says this. Besiru is the earliest form of the pygmy Ptah. Also, the seven powers who cooperated with Ptah was represented as seven pygmies. This is all somebody to your seven chakras. The pygmies is talking about um, your pigmentation. That's where pygmy come from, your pigmentation, your melanin. Moreover, Ptah, Ptah, the divine primordial man, a primitive man, which means first, is the imperfect progenitor of the perfect man in his son, Atum, or Adam. Right? From Africa, the pygmy spread all over the world. All over the world. This is millions and billions of years ago. Remember that Albion just got his 6,000 years ago. He's a recent addition to the human family even though he's not quite human himself in most cases. At least 60 to 80% of them are not, as they have constant pineal glands, which leads to the tendency of what we now refer to as sociopath, narcissistic, psychopaths, tendencies. All right? So from Af- Africa, the pygmy spread it all over the world. We know this because we find his implements there and some descendants in a few places. He has a brief a belief in the supreme being and an after or spirit life. All right? So, the god of the pygmies is Anu, as they are called the Anu people. On, which means Ra, or the symbolic to the sun. They refer to them as the sun worshippers. Here we have in the British Museum a 28 million year old human skeleton in the basement from the Caribbean islands of Guadalupe. Guadalupe. It belongs to a woman 5.2 inches tall. The fully human Guadalupe woman's skeleton is complete in every respect except the feet and the head are missing. It is an authentic discovery which has been in the British Museum for over half a century. When the two-ton limestone block contained Guadalupe woman was first put on exhibit in the British Museum in 1812, it was first displayed as proof of the Genesis flood. But see, being that it went back 28 million years, it was way before some damn flood story. But the Bible, as they told you, is only 6,000 years old. Which goes back to the date and time of their creation, or rather yet, their making. As they were genetically made. We'll get into that information tonight. Another story. But in 1881, however, the exhibit was quietly taken down to the basement and remains there to this day. I knew it was a reason why I asked the curator at the British Museum, let me um, take a look downstairs. But, of course, the head curator wasn't there that day. And so I could not go. But 
That's to keep something on mind. If you go to the British Museum, request that. I know when I go back, I I plan on going in. But here, the origin and evolution of primitive man by Albert Churchward. He says, from here, these little men spread it all over the world. North, east, west, and south. They spread the news until not only Africa, but Europe, Asia, North and South America, and Ogia. Ocia is the Pacific Islands, were populated by them. He was the first, the little red man of the earth. From the pygmies, evolution continued progressively in the following order. Next came the Bushmen, who is known as the Sand People, where the Asians come from, as they were the first to go into Asia. All right? The Masaba Negro, the Naolic Negro, the Maasai, and the Mongolioids or the Mongoloid, and their so-called Aryanists, who is the so-called pale folks, but they're not Aryan. I don't know why they keep using that name. The word Aryan comes from Iran. And if you go to Iran today, you will still see very dark people living in Iran, who are the original people there. And some of those people mixed in with the Caucasoid after he came out the Caucasus Mountains to produce the Arab-looking individuals in Iran today. And these Europeans call themselves the Iranians. But the first Iranians were the pygmies, the 12. Why? Because they spread it all over the world. In 1887, Florentino Amigano discovered apparently man-made heaths, primitive flint stones, carved bones, and a modern-looking human spinal bone in a plateostratus Dating back to three to two five million, three to two, um, two five million year old at Monte Hermosa, Monte Hermosa, Argentina. He also made several finds in the Mesocene strata in Argentina, five to twenty five million years old. So why they keep showing you Dagnesh coming from out of? Tanzania, Uganda, Ethiopia, near the Lake Victoria, which only dates back 2.8 to 3.2 million years ago, which is monkey bones. I'm showing you goddamn human skeletons in the Western Hemisphere, dating back to 3 to 25 million years ago, to 28 million years ago, and proven Historically, that the Twa been all over the world at least 30 million years ago. And they obviously go further back than that, as we showed you, because it takes us back into 600 million years here in the Western Hemisphere when a blast was carried out in Dorchester, Massachusetts, which is Boston. And they found that metallic vessel, a vase. Takes back to 2.8 billion years ago where they found those in South Africa. So we're not saying that we didn't come from out of Africa, but goddamn, we came to Africa. We came out of Africa 2.8 billion years ago and spread it all over the world. And the Europeans just got here 6,000 to 8,000 years ago. On the Black Shrine, it says 6,600 years ago. Between 18. 94 to 1921, mineralogists 
archaeologist William Nevis discovered ancient cities in Mexico that dated to the beginning of the Pleistocene era, which was 2.8, well, excuse me, 2.5 million years ago. Some cities was built further into the Tatari, um, the Tatari um, era beneath volcanic ashes. Nevis recovered over 2,600 stone tablets, as well as moderate human skulls that show negroid, negroid genetic markers. Negroid Nevins Guerrero's collection is now in the American Museum. But they told you that Negroid's genetic markers was here 2.8 or 2.5 million years ago in the Americas. In what is Mexico, ancient cities. We built them. The United States Geological Survey excavation team led by Virginia Stein McIntyre in 16 in 1969. Human habitation was found existing in Mexico for at least 250,000 to 350,000 years based on human artifacts and stone um, tools tested at um, the Huya um, Taloka sites near the city of Pablo. Shortly after the dating of the site was made public, the head of the Mexican Archaeological Department of the Mexican government became very upset with the ancient dates and ordered the Mexican army to close the site and confiscate all the artifacts and was and and um Dr. McIntyre was told to change to change the date. To instead of two hundred and fifty thousand to three hundred and fifty thousand to twenty five thousand to thirty five thousand, take a zero off. Personally, I think they took a zero off already. Here we have the first first American. This is by Richard Nays, University of Manchester, out of England. He says that the Brazilian shows that. Um, in the New World was discovered that thousands of years ago, earlier than previously believed. Certainly, there was um, the time before the time. Uh, this is before the time of the American Indian. So, before the so-called American Indians were in the Americas, we were all over the world. Prehistoric skull was found in the layer of soil in Brazilian caves. They are the oldest skulls. And this is Lucia, belonging to the race found historically along the rim of the Indian Ocean and in the islands of South Asia in East America and in Australia and Malaysia. This is the BBC News. Now, Richard Nave, who is here to the left, British forensic scientist, Dr. Richard Nave, says this, that to me is a Negroid face. It has all the features that you would associate with a Negroid face. Proportions of the face does not lie. Anything about it being a nigger, there's nothing about it. Check this out. He said there's nothing about it. There's not anything about it being a Mongolian, Mongolian, a Mongoloid. Nothing. Nothing about it. Right? Walter Naves, Dr. Walter Naves, right? he says the first reaction was 
not to believe it. But as the results repeated, repeated, repeated so many times, the result is the exact same thing. The skulls are very similar to Australian Aborigines and the Africans, and no similarities at all with the Mongoloids in Asia, nor with American Indians. All right? Just that, just that simple. Here it is. Just that simple. You was indigenous all over the world! God damn it. Get the book, Man, God, and Civilization. Right. I have seen a statuette of a Negro in the archaeological collection of Mr. Ernesto Franco in Cuatro, which is Ecuador. According to the opinion of local archaeologists, this statuette is at least 20,000 years old. The Otto, um, the Otto Catanius black race in America was either gradually mixed with the Indian ones or became extinct. No, they didn't become extinct. They came enslaved. They became enslaved and was told that they all came from Africa. The white man brought all the millions of us here from Africa. That was a lie because we already showed that we was all over the world. But in a very remote time, Negroes and Negroes were numerous in the New World, as we already know that, as I've already proven. Paleo-Americans came from Africa? Well, let's see. Things your DNA companies forgot to tell you. Nays further point out, remember, Nays is the, um, is the Walter Nays is one of the ones who said that they repeated the results over and over again and it came back the same thing every damn time. That we was all over the world! <laughs> Nays further pointed out that the aboriginals found in North America resemble what currently could be described as African-American. An unresolved morphological position between modern South Pacific and European. There's no goddamn European. No Europeans. They're latecomers. They just got here. Researchers from Spain Mexico and Argentina wrote an article which would acknowledge the Paleo-Americans do not look like modern American Indians. Exactly, they don't. They look like African, Australian, Malaysian. That's what they look like. That's who they are. Most likely place the Paleo-Americans came from West Africa, which is closer to the Americans. Get the book Susu Economics, the history of the Pan-African trade, commerce, money, and wealth, part one, written by Paul Alfred Barton. He says, the mound builders, they were dark-skinned, woolly-haired blacks who were indigenous, natives to North America and kin to the Omex of South America, the Omex and Washita, black Californians, Yamasi or Yamasi, the California. Fanami and other pre-Columbian blacks of the Americas was part of a prehistoric trade network that began in Africa and spread it worldwide over 100,000 years ago and at various points afterwards. 100,000 years was way before the Europeans was once again on planet Earth. They only got here 6,000 to 8,000 years ago. That's it. 6,600 years according to Onibilaj Muhammad. That's it. 
right? and you add these 2,000 years now, so it would be 6,818 years. That's it. Less than 7,000 years. And we already was doing trade back and forth by way of ships, importing and exporting between our brothers and sisters in Africa and in America. And in the America. Already. But how in the hell are you going to say he brought all of us here when we're already doing trade, shipping, and exporting with each other over 100,000 years ago? See, this is the idiocy when you listen to these crackers try to tell you something about yourself. And you believe it. When it's all in the benefits of them, because if you come from Africa just recently, that means people, all of you here, and since that is the case, then this land is not your land. This land is my land. That's why he made up that song. And it's your land, at least it used to be. Now it's my land, like it should be. Stop that goddamn foolishness. We was all over the world. According to Earthways, the, new le- the newsletter of the Sojourner Truth Farm School, 1995 August, reprinted the Freedom Press newsletter, spring 1996. Empress, Verdiasi, Tierra, Washita, Turnica, Gaston L. Bay. Alayhi Salam to the Most Highness, high, to the Highness, Her Highness. She says the Washita were and still is a nation of Africans who existed in the South southern United States and Mississippi Valley region long before the 16th century Europeans arrived, and even before there were Native Americans, the so-called red man, on the land the Washita once occupied and still occupied today. Indigenous people have been all over the world! Once again, the indigenous people have been all over the world! And specifically on the North American continent for hundreds and thousands of years. Actually, there were some Washita here, even before the Africans arrived. Why? Because you had some who was already on the landmass when the landmass broke apart with that, giant, um, with that great earthquake. And then you had Africans who came by way of ships, as we said, over 100,000 years ago. It dates back to when all the continents were in the world were one. Pangea. Their lands, the lands of all earth, were known by the indigenous term, she calls it Mu. So is Asia, Mu, Pangea. The Empress Vidyasi wrote this in her book, The Return of the Ancient Ones, the Moorish Naggers, the Dragon Riders, Breather Fire, Generator Operator, Destroyer, Self Lord and Master, Practitioner, a Kama Sutra, Instructor the Tantra, a Kriya Yoga, the Kundalini, the Resurrector, Shushuna, the Eater, Pingala, Waking the Seven Chakra, become the Avatar, Muhammad the Conqueror, put swords to your juggler, send you to the ether. the return of the ancient one, that 85% of the blacks over here in America was already here before the slave trade. Only 15% of blacks came from Africa in the recent days, in recent times, 400 years ago, or over the 400 some odd years, whether you say 1619, which will be 400 years next year, or whether you say starting in 1555 by Sir John Hody Hawkins. It don't matter what the hell you say. We was already here. We was all over the world. 
We've been here, declared the empress, explaining that the original Native American who was mostly of dark complexion, she said that the Mongoloid Indians of Hollywood fame was majority tribes in the Northwest that was mixed with the blood of the Chinese invaders. Who came what, in 1421? And who came before that in 459 A.D.? They made up less than one-third of the total population of Indians on this land. White folks don't owe black folks or black people in America. They need to get up off our goddamn land and pay us rent. That's the reparation. You pay us for all the goddamn years you've been um, squatting on our goddamn land. Children, you at home, and the European is 3,000 miles away from home. He is going to have to take some water. When the Europeans go back to Europe, the climate will go back as it was and what it used to be before the Europeans came here. The bananas was large and the grapes were four in hand. And you was damn near butt negative because it was damn near constant 76 degrees. In the, um, in the um, pictures, in the older pictures, you see us just like um, in America, where you see um, us walking around damn near like the brothers and sisters in Africa. Noble Drali said this. Who lived in America 50,000 years ago? Once again, this is 43,000 years before the Europeans even was on planet Earth. And I'm saying all this because you haven't even gotten to the European history. No need to. I'm giving you your history. Respect it. Research it. Why? Because we was all over the world. This is by Colonel James Churchward. James Churchward is the brother of Albert Churchward, who was students of one of the greatest Egyptologists, Gerald Massey. He asked the question who lived in America 50,000 years ago. He speaks about sculptured tablets recently discovered in Mexico, presents startling evidence of the prehistoric civilization in the American continent, founded by colonizers from the lost motherland of Mu in the Pacific Ocean. Who are they? Well, you go to Dr. Albert Goodyear, a South Carolina University professor, and he says this, humans lived along the east banks of the Sahara River, Savannah River, 50,000 years ago. The 51,700-year-old North American site found in Allendale County, South Carolina, by the Savannah River is less than 30 miles away from the Atlantic Ocean. The evidence for the ancient African migration came in multiple forms. See, he's telling you that he just didn't come once or twice or three times a lady. Don't know nothing about that. That's old school. But anyway, African migrations came in multiple forms. Skulls and skeletons, footprints in lava, campsites, 
genetic M174 and D haploid groups, linguistics, paintings, carvings, architecture, Egyptian rice, Egyptian, Egyptian, Egyptian rice, Egyptian. That's old school. Don't know nothing about that. If you was a hip hop head back in the day, Egyptian writings, artifacts, and sculptures or structures. So, not only were these African migrations, but they were Egyptian migrations because they spoke and wrote and had artifacts and structures of Egypt. For the sand people, they're called genetically the oldest people in the world. As we showed you, they're not the oldest. They're the next oldest behind the pygmies. But this is where the Asian people come from, from the sand people. They're also called the Kung people, K-U-N-G. Hence, you get the origin of the name Kung Fu. You get it? They're the Kung people, also known as the sand people in the Kalahari Desert. Nambia, Angola, South Africa. Okay. The Kung people called themselves the Jew Ohansi. Right? But this is where we find the Asians. The moderate Native Americans closely resemble people of Chinese or China, Korea, and Japan and Japan. But the oldest American scholars do not. They archaeologists and paleontologist James Chatham, lead author on the study and the owner of Applied Paleoscience, a research consultant service based in Brothel, Washington. A small number of early American specimens discovered so far has smaller and shorter faces and longer and narrower skulls that later Native Americans more closely resembled the moderate people of Africa, Australia, and the South Pacific, which is the Malaysian. So once again, they keep going back that we was here. This is all science. European scientists, Caucasian scientists, the Albion scientists are saying all of this. Whether it's applied paleoscience, whether it's archaeology, anthropology, Regardless of what it is, it's genetics, forensics, they all are coming to the same conclusion that we was already here. And we was all around the world. The first Americans were Africans. Documented evidence. Brother L, you got this book by David Imhotep. You have the Paleo Americans, a primer on the ancient American history by Ali. These are some of the additional names and empires of the Moors. Since most of you don't know this, because you're too busy believing the hype. Yeah, but you had the Mohad, the Alamohad, you had the Alamoavids, where you get the term Moabites from. That comes from the Alamoavids. That's how we are Moabites. Not the biblical Moabites, because that shit didn't exist. You have the Atlanteans, the Lemurians, that was us. The Aztecs, the Incas, the Mayans, the Toltec, the, that was us. The Omecs, that was us. Carthaginians, that was us. The Etruscans, the Cretans, 
the Minoans, that was us, the Hessians, the Iroquois, the Algonquins, that was us, the Ultima, the Phoenicians, the Canaanites. If you want to use the biblical, we know that the Phoenician is the actual historical name for the people, and they were the followers. That's what you have the Minoans. It was the followers of men, and the Phoenicians are the followers of Ben-Ben, which is the Benu stone, which is talk of the, of Benu, which is the form of Heru. Have the Powhatan, right? You have the Persians, Oppressions, the Saracens, the Sumerians, the Turks, the British Empire, who was called the Brutish Empire, which is talking about the Yorkshire Moors, the Moorish Empire, as we already told you, expanded all the way from shores of Tripoli into the halls of Montezuma. Spanish Empire, the French Empire, the Holy Roman Empire. All that shit was ours. But we was all over the world. Christopher Columbus and the African Holocaust, Slavery and the Rise of European Capitalism by John Henry Clark. What does the great John Henry Clark say about this? It must also be added that America Van Spusey on his voyage to America's witness the Mandingo of Mali, the Omex, and the Songhai Empire, later identified as the Moroccan Empire, out in the Atlantic, returning to Africa. Now, he just told you that the Mandingo of Mali, who are the Dogons, but the Mandingos and the Dogons are one people, along with the Dinka people coming from out of Egypt. It was the ancient Egyptians, and they ruled Ghana, the Songhai, and Malian empires, which is later identified as the Moroccan empire. They was Kushites. You are Kushites. If you want to go by the Bible, go by the Bible. Note, one of our greatest African minds and historian, John Henry Clark, stated that the Mandingo of Mali Omex and Songhai Empire was later identified as the Moroccan Empire. Also note that they was returning to Africa. Thus, we can conclude that they came from where? America! Before Columbus. Before Americo Vespusky. We was already here! Henry Clark. You are a nation within a nation in this country searching for nationality. And once we find our nationality and serve that nationality, we do for ourselves what needs to be done. All ethnic groups understand they got a nationality. But because you answer such stupid words such as Negro, and colored, black. You have no nationality. Negro is not a nationality. Some Portuguese classified you, took a took an adjective and made it a noun. Colored is not a nationality. Black tell you how you look, but it doesn't tell you who you are. The name of a people must relate instantaneously to land, history, and culture. And any time that you call a people 
out of their name and fail to relate them back to land, history, and culture, you have called them out of their name. There's no black land or black cola. There's nothing wrong with the word black. Nothing wrong with it at all. Only it doesn't relate to a country. The name of every people in the world relates back to country. And once you think instantaneously to land, you think of nationality. You belong to something great, big, and great in the world. Well, let's look at that. Nationality must instantaneously tie you back to land. Well, goddammit, let's go to land. Black's Law Dictionary, Deluxe, Fourth Edition. Land, there it is. In the most general sense, comprehends any ground, soil, or earth whatsoever as metals, postures, pastures, woods, moors. Waters, marshes, first, and heat. Moors. The word land includes not only the soil, but anything, everything attached to it, whatever attached by course of nature, as trees, herbage, water, or by hands of man, or as buildings and fences. But moors. Moors and land is synonymous, interchangeable, and it's instantaneous. Once you think of land instantaneously, it must attach you back to your nationality. Well, the word within land, by definition, is the word moors, and it ties you back instantaneously to nationality, to history, and to your culture. It's a book, as we told you earlier, the golden age of the moor. Get the destruction of black civilization. Great issues of a race from 4500 BC to 2000 AD by Chancellor Williams. He says in the book, now again, just who were the Moors? The answer is very easy. The original Moors, like the original Egyptians, were black Africans. Yeah, they was Ethiopians. They was Kushite. They came from out of the capital of Meru, which become Meru, which is the term Moor. As an am- amalgamation became more and more widespread. Only Berbers, Arabs, and colors in the Moroccan territories was called Moors, while the darkest and the black-skinned Africans were called black or more. They took black off and left you with that and took away the more part. Eventually, a more was dropped. It says black was dropped from black or more, and that's what you was left with. North America, excuse me, in North Africa and the Morocco in particular, all Muslim Arabs, mixed breeds, and Berbers are readily regarded as Moors. The African blacks haven't had, check this out, the African blacks haven't even this name taken from them. So somebody stole your goddamn birthright. Them goddamn pale Arabs. Stole your birthright. He says, and he says, have taken from them and must contend for recognition as Moors. So the African blacks, having had even this name taken from them, must contend for recognition as Moors. See, this is why we understand General say, Muslims, you a Muslim colleague? Yes, I am. 
Number four. I'm a more. Ain't got nothing, no. Exists enough. No, I'm a more. And I would never argue with you. But none of you saying that I wouldn't be a more. Or come among you and say I'm a more. If it wasn't in my heart, in my soul, that I am a more. And God damn it. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I'm a more. So if I say it, and I mean it. And if I mean it, I generally, I say it. I don't know. Maybe y'all missing the point here. There's a lot of shit that obviously y'all missing. But I'm trying to clear this shit up for you. So here we have Maru. It's also spelled more. The Kushites were also called the Maru. The Encyclopedia of the Biblical Literature. There is every reason to conclude that the separate colonies of priests craft spread from Maru into Egypt. So who was the Moors? The Moors were the ancient priesthood of the Egyptians, the Kushites, the Ethiopians, the Abyssinians. And the prim evil monuments in Ethiopia strongly confirmed the native traditions reported by Diodorus Sisulus that the worship of Zeus Amun originated in Maru. Also the worship of Osiris sorrow. This would render highly probable the opinion that commerce, science, and art descended into Egypt from the Upper Nile. Herodotus called the Ethiopians wise men occupying the Upper Nile, men of long life, whose manner and customs pertain to the Golden Age. Those virtue, um, those virtuous mortals, whose feasts and banquets were honored by Jupiter himself. Jupiter is Amun. Amen. The same Amen that all the monotheistic belief systems say at the end of their prayers. Good Christians, Muslims, and Jews. The Jewish. Hebrew, Israelites. In Greek times, the Egyptians depicted Ethiopians as an ideal state. The, Pushan, the Purana, the ancient historical books of India, speaks of the civilization of the Ethiopia as being older than that of Egypt. According to the concept of God and traditional faith of the Maru people of Kenya. So the Maru people still live in Kenya to this day. What does Brother Guitari say? He states that Maru is located at the eastern part of the Mount Kenya. The work begins with a literature review and field based on the oral traditions which indicated the Maru people came from the northern Africa, moved to Kanan, Maru, south of Egypt, Maru, Arusha. Mozambique, Mombasa, and finally through the Tana River to their present land. The Maru, the Amuru, the Amuru, the Amu, uh, Ameru. People also claim that they came along with all Bantu-speaking communities, eastern, southern, and central Africa. The god of the Maru people is Maru Nagu. Nagu. Remember I told you about the Nagu? That was the name of the Kings and queens, empresses and emperors, pharaohs and pharaohesses, was Nagu, Nega. The same god, Maru or Negai, was founded on the American soul. 
the Maru people are called the Nagas. Oh, shit. We broke it down. There it is. Various Sanskrit books mention the name of the old Kushite kings who that was worshipped in India and who was adopted and changed to suit the fancies of the later people of Greece and Rome. The Hindu Parashna speaks of the Kushites going to India before they went to Egypt, proving the Hindu civilization Koiz was that of the Chaldea and the country of the Nile. So Chaldea is, of course, Mesopotamia. These ancient records that the Egyptians was a colony drawn out from the Kusha Dewipa, and that the Pali, another colony that was made from the Phoenicians, followed them from the land of Kant, from the land of Kush. In those primitive days, the central seat of Ethiopia was not the Maru of our day, which is very ancient, but a kingdom that preceded it by many ages that was called Maru. Lanomut spoke of the first man of the ancient world as the men of Maru. Sanskrit writers called Itra, chief god of the Hindu, king of Maru. He was deified and became the chief representative of the supreme being. Thus was primitive India settled by colonialists, by colonists from Ethiopia. The Tamil are the followers of Atum Ray. Early writers said that there was very little differences in the color or features of the people of the two continents. You can go and read Herodotus' information, and he tells you this. The so-called first Greek historian. Ancient traditions told of the deeds of Diva Nahusha, another sovereign of Maru, who extended his empire over three worlds. In other words, we're talking about not just India, Africa, but also in the Americas. Here's a still that my wife and I seen when we went to um, when we went to the British Museum, the Palomo still the title of High Priest of Anu. That's what the Moor is, the High Priest of Anu. And who was the Anu people? Was the Twa people. So the Moors were from the Twa people. Then the the um, the, the who is known as the Nubians, the Kushites. Moor means a high priest. To Anu. It also shows that the Sumerian god Anu is originally worshipped in Egypt, but is simply another name for Ampu. Get the Webster's New Universal Unabridged Dictionary, edition 1937, and it defines American. It says an Aboriginal, one of the various copper colored natives found on the American continent by the descent of European settlers. The following is the original application of the name Maru. So even America was named after Africans. Once again, this was way before the Europeans was once again on planet Earth. And when they finally did get here, that means everybody that was here, they referred to as Indian. Regardless on how many impacts there were from Africa to the Americas or vice versa. The Maru people are called the Nagas. The Maru is located in the eastern part of Mount Kenya to this day. Northern Africa, Canaan, which would be Israel. So before you got the Israelis, um, who was the Zionists fighting 
the Palestinians, and neither one of them is the original inhabitants of that land. The Maru people was the inhabitants of the land of Canaan. But being eastern, southern, and central Africa, the Bantu, the Maru, the Nagas, name America. Here it is. The following is the original application of the name Maru. Here it is within the teachings of Ptah Hotep, the oldest book in the world, by Asa G. Hilliard, Dr. Asa G. Hilliard III. He told you that Maru means the guardian. Maru is the guardian. Have heritage restored. Horoscope. And this is by Julio Rose. He says, many historians allege that the honor and credit went to America Vespucci, an explorer or explorer. Cologne, Christopher Cologne, or Cristobal Cologne, known as Christopher Columbus, did not discover anything, nor did America Vespucci. Nor did they, European, nor did they, European, name it. The word America was developed from the Metro Nature name Maru, which means leader, chief, ruler. So not only do Maru means the guardian, it also means leader, chief, ruler. We are the Moors, the Maru people. The word America is how the Greeks called Maru was pronounced as Amarukos, from the South African Indians. Tupac Amaru. Well, remember, Tupac's name was Tupac Amaru Shakur. This is who he was named after. The word America bears no relevance whatsoever to America Vanspiewski. This word is also borrowed by the Arabic language and is called Amir, meaning ruler, chief, governor, prince, etc. The Ethiopian latest corruption of the word Maru reads Maro, which happens to be the capital of Ethiopia at one time. If Cologne Christopher discovered uh, um, Af- um, America, why then does Verko um, Vespusky enjoys the credit and honors of having it named after him? Well, I showed you the picture, um, the class before last, in which that I showed you that America Vespusky was melanated. He was a Moor. That's why they named a rule after him, in a sense. Because it was the same people over and over again. So Meru, Mary, Moro, chief, director, overseer. So right here, you have a book called Remarks on Sierra Leone. And it's European writes that the blacks are kind of men destined by nature to inhabit Africa and America. Such has created them for burning regions. Let us therefore take care not to oppose her views and overthrow the, the barriers which she has established, but let us preserve their races in their natural purity and not permit the Negroes to inhabit Europe. This mixture of black and white is dangerous to our population, and in time, it may change, corrupt, and even destroy it. Here we have the Mongoloids, the Australoids, right? The Xanthrocracic, um, um, the Malaysian Crockett, or Karakic, and you have the Negroids. Now, if you notice, look under it, you have Mongolian, the Caucasian, the Malaysian, the African, and then right here you have the American, and they call us the Australoids. This is in the Musee Mokor, or Mokor Museum. Why 
are we call Australoids, and we are the Americans. But notice how we look. Well, we, we gave up some of that information a little bit earlier. LEO Americans are classified phenotypically as African, Australian, and Malaysian based on multivariance methods and quantitative analysis. This group should only be Sub-Saharan African and Australian population because the Malaysians and Sub-Saharan Africans share the same um, cranial matrix measurements. That's why they refer to us as Australoids, even though they say that we are the Americans, because we are the Paleo-Americans, the earliest Americans, which was a mixture of Africans, Australians, and Malaysians, South Pacific. Well, this Alabama state senator knew that, and he referred to blacks as aborigines. All right, there was an investigation being done on him by the FBI, and they heard it, and they revealed it. Right? Stephen L. Taylor, Sunday, June 19, 2011. It was a transcript by Bees and Wiretot by the FBI, and it goes like this. That's, um, this is, um, this is um, in a conversation, Bees and others are discussing the distressed economics of Green County, home to Green Track. He said, that's y'all's Indians, said former state Republican or Representative Benjamin Lewis. They're Aborigines, but they're not Indians, Beeson replied or responded. After the remark became public, Beeson claimed he didn't remember the conversation. <laughs> All right, that's what happened. He said he didn't remember. You can go and watch this on YouTube. So the so-called black Americans are not Indians, but Aborigines. This Alabama's Senator Scott Beeson is 100% right. As the native Mongolians or Mongoloids came to America after our ancestors. Remember, they just got here 1421 and prior to that, 459. 1421 AD, 429 AD was the earliest time. Prior to that, this was a pure melanated country, continent. In Aborigines, a person, animal, plant that has been in a country or region from the earliest times, an Aboriginal inhabitant of Australia. America, though, is talking about the Aboriginal inhabitant of Australia, but it also says that it was the earliest time, a person in a country or region from the earliest times is Aborigines. And plus, Aborigines is a noun. So you are Aborigines, you are more Aborigines. Remember, the American definition is the Aboriginal or copper-colored races found here by the Europeans. Aboriginals are copper-colored races found here by the Europeans. Malcolm X knew that we were Aborigines. He says it in the black man's history. 1962, December. Those people who was here before Adam, as he always referred to these people as Aborigines, which, mean, which means what? 
black folks. You'll never find a white Aborigine. Aborigines are called natives, and they're always dark-skinned people. You and I are Aborigines, but you don't like to be called Aborigines. You want to be called American, and there's nothing wrong with that because American, as we just showed you by definition, is Aboriginals. What he means is that you like to be called United States citizens. Aborigines actually means from the beginning. It's two Latin words. Ab means from, origine means the beginning, and Aborigine is only the term applies to those dark-skinned people who have been on the earth since the beginning of the universe. You know that goes way back. What do you mean, since the beginning of the universe? Well, I, I already showed you that science. That was in the beginning. I told you what Anib Elijah Muhammad said. He showed you what Anib Elijah Muhammad said. He, he got into it now. He told you long before there was ever a Caucasian or white. Not in our father's world. Not just thousands of years, not just hundreds of thousands of years, not just millions of years, not just billions of years, but trillions of years ago, according to the word Almighty God Allah to me, that we and our fall, that our fathers were here. You was already here. I know it's hard. But you can't get past this information here. And there ain't no goddamn debate. That shit is over. Where do we go from here? Chaos of community. This is Michael King, known as Martin Luther the King. We're approaching that time. <clears throat> Let me get my Martin Luther King voice. Yes, we're approaching that area when the voice of the Constitution is not clear. We have left the realm of constitutional rights, and we are entering the area of human rights. All right, so right there, that's telling you. So here we have Malcolm X speaking on civil rights versus civil um, human rights. This is what he says. Right, Malcolm X, Elhas Malik El Shabazz, or Omar Wali, the son that has come home. All right, right here we have human rights come before civil rights. You can never get civil rights until you have human rights. Human rights represents the rights to be human beings. Whenever you, you are respected and recognized as a human being, your civil rights are automatic. No, you have to get the recognition of human rights first. The Constitution classifies people as three-fifths of a man, which meant subhuman, not a complete human being. And once our human characteristic was completely destroyed, this gave them justification for treating us like we were animals. Then it was also justified them selling us. If the black man human rights were respected, he never would have been a slave in America or in the United States Corporation. And if his human rights has been restored by the Emancipation Proclamation, automatically we would have been citizens after the Civil War. So we must be regarded as humans. Our human rights must be respected before we can ever be regarded as citizens or have civil rights or our civil rights be respected. This is Battle of the Bullet by Malcolm X, El-Hajj, Malik Al-Shabazz. Anytime you know you're within your law, within the law, within your legal rights, within your moral rights, in accordance with justice, then die for what you believe in. But don't die alone. Let your dying be reciprocal. This is what is meant by equality. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. When you begin to get in this area, we need new friends. We need new allies. We must expand a civil rights struggle to a higher level, to the level of human rights. Whenever you are in a civil rights struggle, whether you know it or not, 
you're confining yourself to the jurisdiction of Uncle Sam. No one from outside the world can speak on your behalf as long as you sh- your struggle is in civil rights struggle. Why? Because you have no nationality, as Dr. John Henry Clark stated. Civil rights comes within the domestic area of this, na- of this country. All of our African brothers and our Asian brothers and our Latino American brothers cannot open their mouths and interfere with the domestic affairs of the United States as long as it's civil rights. This comes under the jurisdiction of Uncle Sam. But the United Nations has what known as a charter of human rights. It has a committee that deals in human rights. We must wonder why all of the atrocities that has been committed in Africa and in Hungary and Asia and Latin Latin America are brought before the United Nations. And the Negro problems is never brought before the United Nations. This is part of the conspiracy. That old tricky blue-eyed liberal who is supposed to be you and be your and my friend, supposed to be in our corner, supposed to be subsidizing our struggle, and supposed to be acting in capacity of out of an advisor, never tells you anything about human rights. They keep you wrapped up in civil rights. And you spend so much time barking up the civil rights tree, you don't even know that there's a human rights tree on the same floor. When you expand the civil rights struggle to the levels of human rights, you can now take the case of the black man in this country before the nations of the United Nations. You can take it before the General Assembly. You can take it, you can take Uncle Sam before the World Court. But the only level you can do that in is at the level of human rights. Civil rights keeps you under their restrictions, under their jurisdiction. Civil rights keep you in their in his pocket. Civil rights means your asking Uncle Sam to treat you right. Human rights is something you were born with. Human rights are your God-given rights. Human rights are the rights that you are recognized by all nations of this earth. And any time anyone violates your human rights, you can take them before the world court. All right? Now, note, as of September 2004, the United States is not a member of the world court. Uncle Sam's hands are dipped in blood, dipping with the blood of the black man in this country, dripping with the blood of the black man in this country. He's the eighth, he's the earth number one hypocrite. He has the audacity. Yes, he has. Imagine him posing as the leader of the free world. The free world. You over here singing, we shall overcome. Expand the civil rights struggle to the level of human rights. Take it into the United Nations where our African brothers can throw their weight on our side, where our Asian brothers can throw their weight on our side, where our Latin brothers, American brothers can throw their weight on our side, and where there's 800 million Chinese are sitting there waiting to throw their weight on our side. Let the world know how crooked this United States corporation is. Now, Martin Luther King goes farther. The Negro won and will not stop until he gets his absolute and unqualified freedom, unequal here in the land of his birth, and not in Africa or in some imaginary state. The Negro no longer will be um, tolerant of anything less than his due rights and heritage. He is pursuing only that which he knows is honorable, his. It's honorably his. This is in Playboy, 1965. So before... Plymouth Rock landed at Plymouth. We were here. This is this wasn't Malcolm X. This was Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King said this in the Birmingham jail cell 
April 1963. He says, we will reach the goal. <clears throat> yes, we will reach the goal of freedom in Birmingham and all over the nation because the goal of America is freedom. Abuse and scorn, though we may be, our destiny is tied up in the destiny of America. Before the pilgrims landed at Plymouth, we were here. Before the pen of Jefferson scratched across the pages of history, the majestic words of the Declaration of Independence, we were here. If the inexpressible cruelty of slavery cannot stop us, the oppression we now face shall surely fail. We will win our freedom because the sacred heritage of our nation and the eternal will of our God are embodied in our echoing prayer. All right, so Martin Luther King, I have a dream speech. He says right here, but 100 years later, the Negro still is not free, languishing in the corners of American society and finds himself exiled in his own land. He finds himself exiled in his own land. He finds himself exiled in his own land. This was in, see this shit right here went over the head. See, everybody was caught up into yes, black girls and white boys and whole hands and shit. That's what they was caught up in. But right here, he says that 100 years later, the Negro still is not free, languishing in the corners of American society and finds himself in exile in his own land. His own land. So this is when Martin Luther King began to start thinking about this shit. All right? He said, I'm afraid that we're integrating into a burning house. So Martin Luther King was talking to Harry Belafonte. And I said, this is Harry, Bel- um, ha- um, Harry Belafonte. He said, what's the matter, Martin? You seem very agitated. And he said, well, I am. Because I come upon a thought that I didn't know how to deal with at this moment. And I said, well, what is it? And he said, we fought long for integration. And it looks like we're going to get it. I think we'll get the laws, he said. But I'm afraid that I come upon something that I did not know quite what to do with. I'm afraid that we are integrating into a burning house. Well, as Martin Luther King said, he languished in the corners of American society and find himself exiled in his own land. Yeah, it is, because here's a statue of an Olmec who looks identical to Martin Luther King. This is our land. Olmec statue from Tres Zapatis. Mexico. This is a figure known as Tenon. These may have been um, used as ball court markers, which inserted a wall, so the bus, as shown, has intruded from the wall. It is carved from the pit volcanic stone and comes from Tres Zapati, um, Veracruz. It is dated 1000 to 600 BC. All right, so this is 1000 years. Before Jesus, we was already here. This is the head dating from approximately 1500 B.C. to 1000 B.C. The foundation of archaeology and the related sciences 
as we know it presently were laid out in the middle in the mid 1800s this was during the time when the europeans were perfecting their world white worldwide white supremacy paradigm the scholars in various fields during this time took the position that it was time to hide this information. This is what they was doing, hiding it. But goddammit, we got writers, we got anthropologists, archaeologists in the hood. And they bring this shit back to us. They read, study, research. I'm one of them. We got to give it back to you. We go to Mexico. We go to Europe. We go to Africa. We go to the various mounds in the Americas and pyramids and find your information. In the book, What They Never Told You in History, by Indochemic Kush, the black god of ancient America. This is the return of the ancient, of the return of the serpents of wisdom, the black gods of ancient America. This is another five gigantic heads of Olmec deities, weighs about five tons, right? From full-size reproduction, in the American Museum of Natural History, New York. Right, you go here, you have Professor Wiener of Harvard University in his book, African and the Discovery of America, volume three, 1920, 1922, Philadelphia. He shows how the culture of America is so closely resembled African culture that one must conclude the African origin of America. The identity of the spiritual civilization down to the remotest details in the Sudan and in Mexico. And guess what? This Sudanese or Nubian people was called the Mexican. That's lived in Sudan, Nubia, Ethiopia, Egypt to this day. So we know that Mexican becomes Mexico and they people become the Mexicans. Later on, same people who are known now as the Omex or the Shi people and elsewhere in America led by the assumption that other cultural elements identical in both continents and frequently bearing the same name or African origin. As I showed you, America is named after Africans, African people, the Moors, the Amaru, Meru, Ameru Ka. So lastly, R.A. Jurassic Body, he wrote his book, Ancient Egyptians and Chinese in America. And he points out, the black began his career in America, not his slave, but his master. Not his slave, but his master. The first Americans were black. The first Americans was black. What they never told you in history class by Andrew Kimmich Kush, the scholarly Latin author C.C. McQuees, explained the strong possibility that black people were the first people in the Americas out of which later came the Red or American race, or as we would say, later on came the descendants of the Mongolians, Mongoloids, the Chinese. It is likely that we repeat the long ago, the youthful America was also a Negro continent, and that the autonomies of Otomies of Mexico, the Chocoro, the Chocoro, the Caracos of Haiti, and the Matayas of Brazil and the Albinos of Panama are the remains of the Aboriginal Negro race out of which developed later, which is known as the Red or American race. Right? This is um, the study of archaeology and ethno- um, um, 
Ethnography. Right? This is volume one. Right? Madrid, 1920. Then you have Professor Alexander von Wootenow's Unexpected Faces in Ancient America. Add how black people was present in America in the most ancient and pre-classical times. The startling fact is that in all parts of Mexico, archaeology pieces Archaeological pieces represents Negro or Negroid people has been found, especially in archaic or pre-classical sites. The presence of Negroes with their trade masters in America before Columbus, says Professor Leo, Leo Weiner, is proven by the representation of Negroes in American sculptures and designs. But more specifically by Columbus' emphatic reference to Negro traders from Guinea who traffic in a gold alloy Guinea, or precisely the name, same composition is bearing the same name as frequently referred to by the early writers in Africa. This is from his book, Africa and the Discovery of America. In this regard, the testimony of Nicholas Leon proves the instructive on how ancient the American, the African presence were in America. In fact, he said that the black people were the original people in Mexico. So that means Black people were the original people in North America. The almost extinction of the original Negro during this time of the Spanish conquest and the mem- memories of them in the most ancient traditions induce us to believe that the Negroes were the first inhabitants of Mexico. This is the general history of Mexico, 1919. Also see the work of J. Rogers, Sex and Race, Volume 1. Riva Palacio a Mexican scholar stressed the points. It is indisputable that in very ancient times, the Negro race occupied our territory, Mexico. The Mexicans recalled a Negro god, Ixlitón, which means blackface. Okay? Colony A, um, um, Colonel A. Brackeen, say that he saw in a collection in Ecuador a statuette of Negroes that is at least 20,000 years old. He added some statuettes of statues of the Indian gods in Central America possess typical Negroid features and certain prehistoric monuments to undoubtedly represent Negroes. This is from the book The Shadows of Atlantis, page 4042. This is you. Omeke, 1500 to 1000 BC, noticed that the dates of the head corresponds exactly with the dates of the destruction of Atlantis, around 1500 BC. So these are the Atlanteans, according to Hakim Bey. Here you have the book, The African Presidents in Ancient Africa, oh, excuse me, in Ancient America, that came before Columbus. Also get the book, The African Presidents in America, before Columbus. This is in Egypt, showing you that they wore the same hats, helmets, out of Egypt as they do in America. This is the similarity that he was talking about between those from Sudan and Mexico. Well, here it is. But Mexico sit, um, Sudan sits directly down from Egypt. In fact, the lower, um, the upper um, Nile is part of Sudan, Nubia. This is giant, um, this is the Kushite um, Arabians, monuments directly in the rocks in many places throughout 
Arabia? Is it the same face that we find here? That we find on rocks carved in Arabia, on monuments? According to Dr. Clyde Winter's PhD, he states in 1300s, many, right, Malians sailed to the Americas. Although most Malians settled in Brazil, Mexico, and built the mounds along the Mississippi River, some Malians settled in Florida. And this is what Dr. Clyde Winter says, PhD. An African explorer who ruled Mali, which means where the kings lived, in this 14th century, discovered America nearly 200 years before Columbus, Christopher Columbus, or Cristobal Colon, one of two African griots. Mansa Abubakari II, the Voyager King, once ruled what we, uh, which was richest, was the richest and largest empire on earth, covering nearly all of West Africa, larger than the Holy Roman Empire. And while traveling to Mecca, Mansa Musa, on his famous Hajj in 1324, informs the scholars of Mamluk, Badri, Sultan Court, all right, which is um, Nasir Muhammad III in Cairo, that his brother, Sultan Abu Bakari II, or Mansa Abu Bakari um, Kianta um, II, 1285-1312, had undertaken two expeditions into the Great Atlantic Ocean. According to the um, Malian um, scholar, um, Diawara, in his book, The Sagas of Abu Bakari II, virtually all that is known of Abu, um, Abu Bakari II is from the account of the Chibhab al-Umar, or Umari. And al-Umari visited Cairo after Mansa Musa stopped there during his historic Hajj in Mecca and recorded a conversation between Musa and his host, Abul Hassan Ali Ibn Amir Habib. According to Musa, Abu Bakari became convinced that he could find the edge of the Atlantic Ocean and outfit an expedition of 200 ships to find it. Only one of the ships returned. So that's 199 ships that did not return. The captain related that the expedition had come to a river with a powerful current in the ocean. The current took most of the fleet away, after which the captain turned back. According to Musa, Abu Bakari was undeterred and launched even a larger expedition with himself as the head, departing with 2,000 vessels for his men and light numbers of supplies. The emperor gave up all power and gold to pursue knowledge and discovery. And this is how Mansa Musa got on the throne. So Mansa Musa was not the firstborn. The firstborn was Abu Bakari. All right, Abu Bakari, the second. When the sultan did not return to Timbuktu from the second voyage of 1311, Mansa Musa became the sultan of the empire. So here's the empire we're talking about, how it stretched all the way from Kandem, Bono, Benin, Oya, Dahomey, Ashanti, Ghana, Mali, Songhai, all the way up into what we now call Morocco. Europeans gathered evidence that in 1312, Abu Bakari landed on the coast of Brazil in a place known today as Rasifi. This 
other name is other name is Pronan Buko, which we believe is an arbitration of the Mandy's name for the rich gold fields that accounts for which of the wealth of the Malian Empire, which is called Bori Banaboku. Right? Documents in Cairo, Egypt, as well as Mandingo's oral traditions reflects the sea voyage of the great Mali Empire from later period. A year after sending an exploratory fleet across the Atlantic in 1311, King Abu Bakari II sailed west with a huge flotilla. Neither of the two Mandingo's fleets came back to Mali to tell this story, explained um, Ivan von Sotima. But around the same time, evidence of contact between West Africans and Mexicans appears in strata in America in an overwhelming combination of artifacts and cultural parallels. Who was there in Mexico? Because the Spaniards did not and was not there at this time. So the Mexicans who was there were the Olmecs and their descendants. The same people that you see now in Godero, down into Belize, into Brazil. They suggest that the Aztec may have witnessed Abu Bakari's landing and taught him to be and thought him to be the reincarnation of one of their gods. A black haired, black beard figure in white robes. No, Ivan Varsotima, one of the representatives of Quasi Quarto, modeled on a dark skinned outsider, appeared in paintings in the Valley of Mexico, while the Aztecs begin to Aztecs begin to worship a Negro fig, figure mistaken for their god. Tess Catlipoca. Right? This is Quasicoto right here. This is Quasicoto right there. Okay? That's Quasicoto. Now, the Albion said that, oh, he had a, he was white skinned and had a black beard. See, this is the way that they mix up and confuse people and lie. Quasicoto was not them. Quasicoto was the return of Abu Bakari II, who came back to his brothers, who came to his brothers, who was the Omex, who left out of Mali over 6,000 years ago. As we know that the Omex or Shi people was here in the Americas over 5,000 years ago. Once again, right, this is more than 4,500 years before the Europeans came here. We was already here. So we've been around the world, yeah, 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 yeah. Been around the world. Welcome to America. The land of the serpent gods. Get the book, Return of the Serpents of Wisdom, by Mark Amaru Pinkham. But here, in another book, New World Order, the ancient plan of secret societies by William T. Still shows that America was initially was called initially the land of the plume feathered serpents. 
by the Indians of Peru. James Price searched an ancient um, an article written in the Theosophical Society magazine entitled Lucifer, which gave insight into the word America. He said that the chief god of the Mayan Indians in Central America was Quasicocho, who was also known as Kuku Khan, who was also known as Guatem, um, um, known as the plume serpent, the feather serpent, Quasicocho. That's Quasicoto. Koto means black. So how Europeans confuse themselves with trying to be that image and make them as such, talking about Cortez was thought to be. Um, this was 200 years before Cortez even stepped on the goddamn scene. Abu Bakari. In Peru, this god was called Amaru. You see, Amaru. The word Amaru and Mali are the same word. M-A-R-U is M-A-L-I. The R and the L's are interchangeable, and so are the vowels. In the territory known as Amaruka, Christ states Amaruka is literally translated land of the plume serpent. Variation, land of the great plume serpents. He claims that the name of America was derived from America instead of after the explorer America Van Spusky. How come everybody is saying that? This further proves that the serpent wisdom was common throughout all cultures. But well, here's the panther. Ish. The black panther. Ish. Known as the Black Jaguar. Matter of fact, that's my chief name. I'm Chief Black Jaguar. Prince of the United Washington D. Doug DeMunio, principal chief. But here we also see the great god Coco Pali, the great hunter, the black gods of the American Southwest. Coco Pali is also known as fertility god and hunter among the Hopi and Zuni people of the American Southwest. As the spirit of fertility, he is seen as responsible for introducing corn agriculture to various people across the Americas. Coco Pali was first found in Anazi, all right, rock carvings. The Anazi rock carvings, but he also appeared in the Mississippian artifacts. Throughout South America, he is known as Ikoko. He is believed to be sent from the Mayan Ichua. Kokopeli is identified with the southwestern Tiwa people's god, Nepokwai, a great hunter who is described as black. One of the black gods, here it is. Notice also that he's wearing African leopard skin was like the great chiefs. Hence, you see the black leopard here. Now, so, the same gods, right, and goddesses 
or the same Malian, Songhai, Morocco, Morocco um, Empire people that came with Mansa King Abu Bakari II, Mansa Musa's brother, came from these same areas that they now claim that they brought you from. They brought you all from West Africa. But this is 200 years on 2,020 ships at one time. Goddamn, one or two ships going back and forth every goddamn three months to four months of the European trip over a 400-year period, or in particular from 1619 to 1865. The same people, here they are. This is from Nigeria, as you see here, into Benin, into what we call Dahomey, into Mali, into Timbuktu, all right, into Mauritania, into Senegal, Guinea. These are the same people, the different ethnic groups brought to the Americas closely corresponds to the same regions of heaviest activities in the slave trade. So the same areas that Abu Bakari brought his people from on 2,200 ships are the same ones that they claim that they got your ancestries from. Coincidence? Over 45 distinct ethnic groups was taken to the Americas during the trade. At least this is what they tell us. Out of the 45, the 10 most predominant according to slave documents are the areas listed below. Right? The GB speakers of Tongo, Togo, Ghana, and Benin, the Khan of Ghana, and the Cote d'Ivory, the Mbundu of Angola, the Bakongo of the, the public, of the um, Democratic Republic of Congo and Angola, the Igbo of southeastern Nigeria, the Yoruba of southwestern Nigeria, the Mandi speakers of Upper Guinea, the Wolof of Senegal and Gambia, the Kamba of Cameroon, and um, the Makua of Mozambique. The Lexis in Africa, America, Caribbean, and Europe. The same people from the empire of Abu Bakari, same exact area, they claim that they came and got the same exact people from the same exact area, same speakers, 200 years later, over a 200-year span. If you're going to start at 1619 to 1865, it'll be 200, about 250 years. Some add 1555 because of John Hordy Hawkins. Whatever the case is, this is still 200 years, over 168, almost 200 years before Christopher Columbus sailed, that we came on 2,200 ships before Christopher Columbus, before Alberto Vespucci, known as Americo Vespucci, before 
10. The Miseducation of the Negro. People love reading The Miseducation of the Negro, but don't read this part here. Much about a name. Much ado about a name. What it says. What it says. Well, let's see. I'm going to go out of this right quick. Because we, we got to read this. So, right here. A participant who recently attended a historical meeting desired to take up a question as to what the, right, the race should be called. Africans, Negroes, colored people, or what? This is the same shit we asking now. And this was what Carter G. Wilson was going through back in the goddamn 1920s and 30s. With the book, The Miseducation of a Negro. Now, if you don't know, G. Carter, um, Carter G. Wilson was the second graduate of Harvard University behind the first graduate of Harvard University, which was, quote unquote, W.B. Du Bois. But Carter G. Wilson wouldn't play the game and be a sellout Negro. Carter G. Wilson decided to write for Negro World, which was a magazine by UNIA and ACL under Marcus Garvey, Mosea Garvey, along with Jay Rogers, who also wrote for the Negro World. And even his teacher, Marcus Garvey's teacher and the teacher of Prophet Noble Drali, Deuce Muhammad Ali, came to America and wrote for the Negro world, as Marcus Garvey did earlier in his early years, wrote for Deuce Muhammad Ali's paper. But here it says the word Negro or black is used in reference to this particular element because most people of Native African descent approaches this color. The term does not imply that every Negro is black. And the word white does not mean that every white man is actually white. Negroes may be colored, but many Caucasians are scientifically classified as colored. See, this is why the question is asked in the Nation of Gods and Earth and in the Nation of Islam, the second question, who is the colored man? And the colored man is the white man. We are not all Africans. Moreover, because many of us were not born in Africa, and we are not all Afro-Americans, which is African-Americans, because few of us are natives of Africa transplanted to America. Wait, 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 wait. Hmm. Why isn't Carter G. Wilson talking about the slave trade in this regard? Because he... There's something wrong because he said we are all not Afro-Americans because few of us are natives of Africa transplanted to America. Why did he say that? Does he not believe in the slave trade? Or is he talking about the vast amount, as the Empress told us, 85% of us did not come from Africa? So if you have 15% that came recently from Africa and they mix in with the 85%, you don't become... The, the least, 
minority. You be you still be the majority. Okay? For example, you have coffee, which is black. You might add, you might add some cream. But it don't become cream. It's still what? Coffee. Okay, so once again, we're going to read this one more time because, see, this is the miseducation of the Negro, Carter G. Woodson, Dr. Carter G. Woodson. This is what he says. We are, we are not all Africans, moreover, because many of us were not born in Africa. And we are not all Afro-Americans, African-Americans, because few of us are natives of Africa transplanted to America. Hmm. I'm just going to let that, as, as Dr. Khalid Muhammad said, let that shit dangle in the air right quick. Let that shit dangle. Dangle, dangle. You know what I'm saying? Dangle, dangle, dangle. All right? That's what we're going to do. We're going to let that shit dangle. All right? Think about it. Think, think, think about it. Especially you don't know nothing about that shit. That's old school. All right, so right here. So all of this, Cortez... Christopher Columbus, all of this shit came under the doctrine of discovery. Based on the doctrine of discovery, you know what I'm saying? We had Alexander, Pope Alexander the, the sixth, the same one who got you worshiping white Jesus as his son. Okay? The same one who, who got you worshiping Jesus as his son, Caesar Bonnier, Pope Alexander the sixth. Okay. Heard of Columbus' successful discovery, he promptly issued the Inter Cetera Bull on May 3rd, 1493, in which he declared that the Catholic faith and Christian religion be everywhere increased and spread, and that barbarous nature nations be overthrown and brought to the faith itself. So it was recommended that wherever the Europeans went, that they would enslave the sons of Ham. He called on the monarchs of Spain and Portugal to subdue and convert all native lands and possessions. In essence, he decreed that unconverted heathens were no, um, had no rights. So unconverted heathens had no rights. So he declared war on us. This is a bastard pope producing bastard, bastardized, um, bastardized children Cesar Bonnier, who was gay and had sex with Leonardo da Vinci, who painted his ass to be goddamn Jesus. The same faggotized, homogenized, pastorized Jesus, pale out beyond Jesus you worship today. Even when indigenous people signed a treaty, it was considered non-binding because there was non-entities under the cotton on canon law. The United States court formally wrote the doctrine of discovery into the laws of the United States in the case of Johnson versus McIntyre in 1823. Chief Justice John Marshall wrote, whose authority it is made against all other European governments. Indian people are still denied their rights simply because they are not Christians at the time of European arrival. Stephen Newcomb. Few people realize this legal distinction between Christians and the so-called heathens, i.e. indigenous people, Native Americans, 
the people is still the law of the land. Based on the doctrine of discovery and the results of federal law, the United States continue to deny indigenous people the recognition of their sovereignty and treaty rights in their own ancestral lands of North America. This is what, this is what the fuck um, Martin Luther the King was talking about, that we languish in the corners of American society still exiled on our own goddamn land. Indigenous people still have unalienable, that's unalienable, natural law rights to complete sovereignty as indigenous or independent nations. This has never been refuted in American law, although the treaty law has not been respected. All right? So, you got to understand that. All right, so here we have indigenous. Those people have an historical continuity with pre-invasion and pre-colonial societies considered themselves distinct from other sectors of societies now prevailing the territories apart from them. They form at present non-dominant sectors of society and determined to preserve, develop, and transmit to future generations their ancestral territories and their ethnic identities as the basis of their continued existence as people in accordance with their own cultural patterns, social institutions, and legal systems. Here you have the Inter-American Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People. Indigenous people, this is how it's defined, y'all. In this declaration, indigenous people are those who embody historical continuity with societies which existed prior to the conquest and settlement of their territories by Europeans. So we already know that we was already here, as already proven in this presentation. And then it says, as well as people brought involuntarily to the new world who freed themselves and, and reestablished the culture from which they've been torn. So this includes those who came from Africa, the 15% who came from Africa, not just the 85% who was already here, but even those who came from Africa, the other 15% that just came from Africa. So 100% of us is indigenous people, based on this definition from the United Nations, from the Inter-American right, Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People. Self-identification as indigenous and tribal shall be regarded as fundamental criteria for determining the group to which the provision, provision of this declaration applies. Black's Law Dictionary, 7th edition. Natural person is indigenous. Look up natural person in Black's Law Dictionary, 7th edition. Natural person is indigenous, native, the original. Who's the original? The Asiatic black man, the maker, the owner, the cream of planet or father of civilization, God of the universe, God damn it. Get it right. We was already here. The original or natural inhabitants of a country or relating to birth, natural child. Within the words indigenous is the word gene, which means to give, born, birth, or freeborn. Unlike the word native, which refers to one's residence, indigenous refers to one's direct ethnicity. It's why we like the word indigenous even better than native. Natural person, a human being as opposed to artificial or fictitious persons, such as corporations. The phrase natural person does not include corporate entities, but the phrase person without qualification may or may not include artificial persons, depending on the context. Thus, the phrase no persons in the 14th Amendment Equal Protection Clause has been held to include natural and artificial persons. It's through the 14th Amendment that they made you into an artificial person. If you accept it, even though the 14th Amendment was never fully ratified. The same phrase, no person in the Fifth Amendment privileges against self-incrimination clause has been added to include only natural persons and no corporations since the privilege is personal and may not be asserted by an artificial person. Barry's the third edition. So you want to be in full life. 
continuing in both physical and civil existence. That is actually dead, nor civilist mortus. You're not civilist mortus. You don't want to be civilist mortus. This is what Martin Luther King was fighting against. This is what Malcolm X, El Haj Malik Al Shabazz was talking about. Civil rights or human rights. You're only going with civil rights that's under the Uncle um Uncle Sam's jurisdiction. Western Student Dictionary International Encyclopedia Edition. Native is born or produced in the region or country in which that one's lived indigenous or one pertaining to one's birth or its place or circumstance, natural rather than acquired, inborn of or pertaining to original inhabitants, usually applied to non-European peoples. Why? Because they can only have acquired it. They was not naturally here. In fact, they're naturally nowhere on the planet, but they was artificially made. They're artificial. They test tube babies. Experiment gone wrong. The Supreme Court of Colorado has ruled. Colorado Anti-Defamation Commission versus Case 380, um, um, 2D34, 1962, talk about natural rights. Inherited rights and liberties are not creatures of constitutional provision as the the um, national or state level. The inherited human freedoms which mankind is endowed are antecedent, to all earthly governments, rights that cannot be repealed or restrained by human laws, rights derived from the great legislator of the universe. Thus, the only way the government will contract with you is if you waive your inalienable or unalienable rights and agree to be under their jurisdiction. Privileges, statute codes, rules, regulations, ordinances, policies, all of that shit is color of law and put you in the artificial category. A sovereign is exempt from suit, not because of any formal conception or obsolete theory, but on the logic and practical grounds that there can be no legal right as against the authority that makes the laws on which the right depends. This quantana on the core um, and polyblank, 205 U.S., 349, 353, 27 S.C., um, um, uh, 526, 527, 51L edition, 834, 1907. It is the doctrine of the common law that the sovereign cannot be sued in his own court without consent. The sovereign, 74, United States, 153, 1968. No action can be taken against a sovereign in a non-constitutional court or either United States or the state courts or any other action considered the crime of um, barbarity. Barbary is an offense at common law. State versus Batson, 17 SE, 2nd D, 511, 512, 513. So, natural person equals sovereign. So, when you declare your nationality and come back under natural rights as a natural person, you become the sovereign. Michael Max speaks on civil rights versus human rights. We went over this already. Human rights comes before civil rights. You can never get civil rights until you have human rights. Human rights, right? Malcolm X go on and says, convinced that it is the inalienable rights of all our people to control our own destiny. Persuade that the Charter of the United Nations, the Universal Declaration on Human Rights, and the Constitution of the United States, and the Bill of Rights are the principles in which we believe and that these documents, if put into practice, 
represents the essence of mankind's hopes and good intentions. So we must take it out of the hands of the United States government. And the only way we can do that is by in internationalizing it and taking advantage of the United Nations Declaration of the Rights on Human Rights and the United Nations Charter on Human Rights, all right? And that of the Brown brings it into the United Nations before a world body wherein we can indict Uncle Sam for the continued criminal injustices. This is what Malcolm said. Well, here, the Empress fulfills that, and she goes into the United Nations. And the Washington D. Doug Demonia knew I yet oldest indigenous people on earth, as we were called. According to the Black Law Dictionary, second edition, citizen, all natives are not citizens of the United States. They're descendants of the aborigines. Remember, who are the aborigines? If you don't know, go back to the beginning of this video and find out. These are the indigenous people who was already here. And those of African origin are not entitled to the rights of citizens. That constitution does not authorize any but white person to become citizen of the United States, and it must therefore be presumed that no one is a citizen who is not white. Therefore, it is a marked difference between citizenship and heritage. Well, the Empress goes on and tells you in the inner city plow, right, she says it right here, is that the Louisiana Purchase in which her people are identified as the ancient ones, the Empress say that their land was never included in any land deal and that it was not part of the Louisiana Purchase when sold by Spain to France, nor was it bought in 1803 when France rolled it over to the United States of America. She writes, President Thomas Jefferson was well aware of this fraudulent land deal and stated his sentiments at the time. In truth, the land spoken of has never been part of the United States of America. It, was, oh, it has always belonged to the ancient one. This sounds like the same land President Lincoln, um, Abraham Lincoln, was going to return to the Moors after slavery. Right? So what happened? Well, they assassinated Abraham Lincoln. Right? And then we were murdered by the tens of thousands, enslaved, and ran off the, our land, and the names were changed to hide the truth of their history. The Washington became Washington, and the Turnica became Turner. So the Washington and the Turnica, which is Washington and Turner families, carried the imperial bloodline. After the United States came to the land, these names were altered to Washington and Turner. They also changed the spelling of Washington or Washington to Oshita, or Washita, a European misnomer that retains the pronunciation of the original name. Several derivatives of this name, such as Washachinching, Washachaching, Wichita, Utah, Etowah, all of that is from Washita, colloquially has come to mean ancient ones or the black ones. Right? This was the turn of the serpents of wisdom. The ancient ones, the black ones, the Moors. Clearly printed on the original map of the Spanish land grants, the river named Rio Negro, River of the Blacks, is simultaneously labeled um, Rio Washita, the River of the Washita. In the Egyptian Kemetic Hieroglyphic Dictionary, Washita appears as Washeta, Washeta, and Septa, or uh, Septi, which becomes Shabazz. Pre Mayan spelling. Our original Mu language was Ushaktong or Washington. All right? So, what is this property that the Empress is talking about? What we're talking about, the Louisiana proper, not Louisiana purchase because it was never purchased, as we already read. Consists of the states Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, Minnesota, Nebraska, 
uh, Colorado, Kansas, Iowa, Missouri, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, right? Texas, Alabama, Utah, um, New Mexico, portions of even so-called the 13 colonies, all the way up into almost the whole of Canada and even parts of Florida. Here's a larger, here's a better picture you can see. This is from an eighth grade notebook, um, 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 workbook, or history book, social studies book, whatever you want to call it. And it shows you all the way up from out of Louisiana, the Louisiana Purchase. And actually it's fuller than this. But the goes called the Seminoles was in Florida region. And Alabama was the creek. So all of that right there was all up in there too. So here we have the grant, the land grant that the Empress is talking about of the land deal that is never sold or bankrolled over to the United States. This is a proven fact. Here is the land grant right here. Get the book, The Discoveries of America and Outgrowth of the Conquest of the Moors by the Spanish or Spaniards. Where that came from? Well, remember, we told you about the Doctrine of Discovery of Pope Alexander VI. He commissioned the Spaniards, the Portuguese and Spaniards, to go forth and conquer the Moors. But what it says, the discovery of America and the outgrowth of the conquest of the Moors. The Moors are the discoverers of America, as we showed you already. And so the Empress took that back by going into the United Nations and making us a nation once again. The Washington, deduct the money, a nation on the Washington. All right. She says, one nation cannot make laws in another nation. One nation cannot make laws on another nation's land. One nation cannot steal or sell another nation's ancestral artifacts and property. They flood their sacred places with indigenous people lands that have always belonged to their ancient ones who is protected by a treaty signed by the protector or protectors. Protectors. It is further proclaimed that all indigenous sacred sites and grounds shall be returned to the descendants of the ancient inhabitants to ensure preservation. But it's further proclaimed that I would take all indigenous nations, tribes, communities, and villages with our land, river, and wildlife under the protection of the Empire Washington D. Doug the Money. And it's further proclaimed that the 13 United States, United States, and the United States of America make or must make fair and just compensation for the depossession of our people and the unauthorized occupation of our lands, commencing with the first part to be paid 80 quadrillion non-counterfeit USD each year for 194 years. This being, now this is back in, uh, um, in 1997, all right? So we count from there, it goes up to more than 194 years. But this being the third and final notice of the outstanding debt of the 13 United States, United States and the United States of America, based on the claim filed that is yet to be settled or relieved. Be it further proclaimed, that this proclamation be sent to the governments of the 13 United States, the United States and the th- United States of America, as well as the governments of the member states of the United Nations and the non-governmental organizations concerned. Therefore, it is now proclaimed in legal um, session, convened this fourth day of the second month of the 1997 of the Common Union, the Common Era. And as you see here, this is the signature of um, Radiasi Tierra, Washington, Turner, Turnica, Gaston, Albay. Right. 
Here we have what was returned, 68,883 acres of land, in which that is from the heirs of Turner. And Eliza Turner, who is the mother of Prophet Noble Drali, is one of the heirs. Right? And this is um, all of the mid to upper counties of Louisiana, as you see here. This is the land in which that was returned. And she was going to go for the rest of the 30 million acres, which would have been the hole in which that we showed you here and here. All the way up into all of those states that we called, all the way up into almost the whole of Canada. All right? Turner Ayers versus the United States and how we won that case. Right? And if you notice, you go over here to the last paragraph, it comes down. Hereby ordered and adjoined um, a judge and decreed that the petitioners, Sarah Turner, Eliza Turner, Henry Turner, and George W. Turner are the true and lawful owners of and have good title against the United States, the defendants in and to all the land and hereditaments claimed by them in their raid um, um, petition, which lands are described as follows on the map of survey um, um, executed on the 27th March, 1820. All right, so we won the case against Right, the Turner heirs versus the United States. So you have the heirs of Henry Turner versus the United States, Henry Turner versus the United States. You have the king um, versus, versus the United States, and eventually we won. All right, we won. There are 10 essential maxims or precepts in commercial law. In commercial, truth is sovereign. There is one that is the most comfortable maxim, one can have yet foundation for a peace of mind in your security, your capacity to win and triumph to get remedy in this business. Truth is sovereign, and the sovereign tells only the truth. Your word is your bond. If truth were not sovereign in commerce, i.e. all human action and to reactions or relations, there would be no basis for anything, no basis for law or order, no basis for accountability. There would be no standards, no capacity to resolve anything. And this is what we have right now in this government that we seeing under the Trump administration. It would mean anything goes and every man for himself and nothing matters. It's worse than the law of the jungle. Commerce, to lie is to go against the mind. All right? That's what that means. So, all right? So in commerce, truth is sovereign. And truth is expressed in the form of an affidavit. We keep telling you this over and over again. You listen to these damn Negroes and these fake-ass moors, dirty moors, out here talking about you don't need no paperwork. They don't know the law. The law tells you that truth is expressed in the form of an affidavit. An affidavit is your solemn expression of your truth. In commerce, an affidavit must be uh, accommodated or occupied and must underlay and form the foundation for any commercial transaction whatsoever. Whatsoever. An affidavit is two-edged sword. It cuts both ways. Someone has to take responsibility for saying what the real situation is. All right? An unrebutted affidavit stands as truth in commerce. Claims made in your affidavit if not rebutted merges as the truth in the matter. He who does deny admits. An unrebutted affidavit becomes a judgment in commerce. Right? There is nothing left to resolve. Any process in a court, tribune, or arbitration form consists of a contest or a duel. And the commercial affidavits within are your swords. That's what you battle with is your affidavits. 
And the so-called, if you put in your affidavit, the judge is supposed to be the referee. He ain't supposed to um, teach no goddamn law from the bench. The damn DA, assistant DA, is supposed to rebut your affidavit. And you go back and forth with point by point. And whoever wins is the one who continue writing the information on the affidavit. The one who lose is the one who acquiesce, no longer answers. It's just the importance of nationality. So your nationality must be on an affidavit, must be by way of an affidavit. That's how your truth is expressed. And your nationality, the quality or character which arises from the fact of a person belonging to a nation or state. Nationality determines the political status of the individual, especially with reference to allegiance. But you want to remain, most of you Negroes just want to be, remain stateless, have no state, lacking the status of a national, a stateless refugee. You'd rather just say that. Instead of putting your affidavits together, and you need your affidavit of nationality, your affidavit of, of, of status, your affidavit of truth, your affidavit of facts, your affidavit of revoking power of attorney, your affidavit of common law name correction, your affidavit of um, common law non-taxpayer um, status, or forms of witnesses, your affidavit is now in corporate status, and your live claim birth or baptismal record, and your nationality card. These are the things that you need in your, in your reclaiming or your proclaiming by way of your affidavits. No, ju- no court and no judge can overturn or disregard or abrogate someone's affidavit of truth. The only one who can have any Capacity or right or responsibility or knowledge to rebut your affidavit of truth is the one who is adversely affected by it. It is his job, his right, his responsibility to speak for himself, to issue his own affidavit because no one can speak for him. No one else can know what your truth is or has the free will responsibility to state it. This is your job. The previous is necessary because property cannot own property for property is owned. It only after you is only after you claim, um, after you reclaim or nationalize, not naturalize, but you're already natural. You're already a natural person, so you don't naturalize. You nationalize. You must have a nationality. Will you be able to enter properly into the world of commerce? Part and parcel. Commerce means sex. To merge like marriage is intercourse. Commerce. Here it is from the Blackstone Dictionary. The exchange of goods, production of Property of any kind, the buying, selling, exchanging of articles, the transportation of person or property by land, water, or air. Land, air, and water means law. Land, air, and water. Land, air, and water is law. L-A-W. Get it? Law. Land, air, and water is law. Intercourse by way of trade. See, that's intercourse by way of trade. So for you to have intercourse, you must be a natural person to have Intercourse properly. You know what I'm saying? You see, some of y'all like all that artificial shit, artificial ass, artificial tits, you know, artificial lips, you know, or all that artificial shit. Y'all turn yourselves into artificial fucking people. Eat artificial food. GMO food. Artificial persons. That's what you become. Person created and devised by human laws for the purpose of societies and government, as distinguished from natural persons. 
Corporations are examples of artificial persons. You're now a sole person. So you made yourself artificial. Blessed the dictionary. You made yourself civilist more too. Civilly dead, dead in the eyes of the view of the Lord. The condition of one who has lost his civil rights and capacities and is accounted dead in the Lord. This is what Martin Luther the King was fighting for, was for you to get civil rights. But he was fighting in the wrong arena under the jurisdiction of the United States. That's why he was getting our ass handed to it. Malcolm X, Malik Al-Shabazz said, no, we need to take him to the arena of the human rights. Tom Jordan interviewed President Barack Obama and um, on the Tom Jordan Morning Show and greeted him by saying, it's our first black president of the United States. And Barack Obama replied, Tom, I don't look at myself as the first black president because the word black has no standing at law. Barack was already trying to tell you, goddammit. He's a goddamn constitutional lawyer. Black's Law Dictionary. Black person. Black person, according to constitution and law, must be taken in its generic sense as contradiction from white. Rice versus gangling. Negro. The word Negro means a black man, descended from African race who does not commonly include a mulatto. So in order to include a mulatto, they did the word colored. By common usage in America, this term is now phrased colored person, the colored race, the colored man, and the like is used to designate Negro and person of African Races, including all persons of mixed blood descendants from Negro ancestry. All right? Then you got color. And appearance, semblance, a similar chrome. Distinguished from that which is real. A facia, a, perma, a prima facie or apparent right. Hence a deceptive appearance, a possible deceptive or assumed exterior. Conceal a lack of reality, a disguise or pretext. Well, goddamn, you come down and it says what? The word also means the dark color of the skin, showing the presence of Negro blood, and hence it is equivalent to African descent or parentage. Johnson versus Board of Education, Wilson County. Ain't that some shit? So your melanin is equated to distinguished from that which is real. It appears to be, it has an apparent right, but it has also deceptive appearance. Hence the reason why you have racial profiling. As soon as they see you, ear, ear. oh, they go call it nigger. They come and get your ass. Because there's a lack of reality, a disguise. It's a disguise. You must be getting ready to do something. You must be getting ready to do something. So did you know that your birth certificate symbolizes that civilist mortus status, that artificial person status? When you was born, your parents registered you with the government as a corporation or artificial person by receiving and signing a birth certificate. In a few years, your corporation will receive a tax identification or taxpayer identification number or your social security number, TIN. This is um, so that you can be used as collateral for the government-acquired debt. This is why on your live claim birth or, or your certificate of live birth, you have the bond number. And right below that, you have the American Banknote Company or some type of banknote company, because that is a bond. Hence the reason why you have a bond number. On the back of your Social Security card, ties you back to the banks, the 12 banks that I've told you about before. You go back and watch my Wizard of Oz joint. 
happens to be the same number that is tied on the front of the dollar bill and the money as it correlates to the Pacific Bank. E here is Richmond, Virginia. So the original Social Security card was designed by Fred Hample of Albany, New York, 1936. The creation of the Social Security account is known as the SECQ Trust, which refers to the beneficiary having an equitable interest in the trust. With the legal, now what is the trust? The trust is the birth certificate. Birth certificate is the trust. All right? Which ties back to the Constitution. I won't get into that right now, but it's the legal title being vested in the trustee. Green versus Underhill. The IRS is the accounting and collection division of the International Monetary Fund. AMF, the bankers and who the company owes money to. They are the ones who enforce and oversee the bankruptcy of the company. They are really not your enemy. They are only doing what they were highly doing, and that is to keep track of the bankruptcy of this company. It is imperative that we know how to use them to our advantage as they can be a tremendous resource for us. Your exemption is the bridge between the private side and the public side. The front is the public side, which is your employee's um, identification number, and the back is your prepaid levy bond number called your IMF number, which ties you back to the 12 for the reserve banks, one of the 12 for the reserve banks, A through L. Let's go to dictionary, dictionary. Not only are you civilist more tools and you artificial person, you are a dummy. You're a big dummy. As I told you about before, one who holds legal title for another, a straw man. So a straw man is a dummy. Right? They showed you that in the Wizard of Oz. A dummy is also an adjective, sham, make-believe, pretend, imitation, respect basis for predicating liability, apparent corporation for the acts of subsidiaries, agency, adjunct, branch, into, um, uh, instrumentality, dummy, buffer, tool. You know, white boys always say, you big tool. As any means which the same thing. It all means it's very much the same thing. So a tool, a buffer, a dummy, same thing. So you're a buffer. Buffy. You might as well just call you Buffy. All right? As long as you want to stay on your Buffy, you know, stay on your Buffy shit. You know what I'm saying? Then, you know, you're going to be Buffy. You want to stay Buffy, motherfucker? Then you're going to stay Buffy. All right? That's the strongest homo. Latin, a man of straw, one of no substance, put forth as bell of surety. All right? This is Buffy. Right? Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You're going to be a Buffy, damn, be a goddamn Vampire Slayer, goddammit. Black's Law Dictionary, 6th edition, straw man, a front. That's a buffer. A front is a buffer, a tool, a dummy, an artificial entity, a third party who is put up in name only to take part in the transaction. A nominal party to a transaction who acts as an agent for another for the purposes of taking title to real property and executing every whatever documents and instruments that the principal may direct. Persons who purchases property for another is concealed identity of the real purchaser or to accomplish some um, purpose otherwise would be illegal. That's what a buffer is for, buffies. Now, based on the Dress Scott case, it says case in which the United States Supreme Court held that the descendants of the Africans who were imported into this country, which is only 15%, sold as the slaves, were not included nor intended to be included under the word citizen in the Constitution, whether emancipated or not. 
and remains without rights or privileges except such as those which the government may grant them. This is Dred Scott versus Sanford. So you're not free. Right, this is Black Soldier Dictionary, fifth edition. Blacks are not considered citizens and they're still considered slaves by the government, even to this day. Dred Scott decision. That's just what it is. Right? That's just what it is, goddammit. Now, um, we're going to leave you there. We done did enough for tonight. Um, hopefully you got some of this shit that we're talking about and you understand something that we um, said. All right? Hopefully you understand something. And as we normally say, as we head out, continue now for days, weeks, months, and years to come, we're moving towards our most cherished goals of life, health, knowledge of ourself. All right? All good things. Security, protection. Every action, enterprise, and endeavor in which we wish to be involved is bringing increasing rewards. We have so much abundance and success that we're able to help share and give with those who are sincere along the way. And we're moving closer towards the oneness of God and goddess and the full release of our higher inner self. And we out, y'all. Peace. Peace, God. Peace. It's long. <coughs> I had a cop. I had a cop to ask some of them things. Some of them brothers were saying on that. Yeah. Yeah, I had a cop to ask some of that. Some of that shit they were talking about. I'm sure. Wait a minute. Who, who are they? What were they talking about, man? Why did she go to the world court? How come she she should have went out? She she did. That's how exactly. she won the case. Exactly. God damn it. Yeah, but they don't know God. You know, just 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 running their lips. Just running their oh. lips. I'm like, <laughs> damn. Yep. I mean, you All right, God, like, we out of here. All right, my brother. Yeah. All right, yeah. peace. Peace, Lord. Yeah, yeah. South Shaolin, the classified elements. We here now. So all you fruit loop, colored candy, white peanut butter and jelly, cool ass niggas. You best to duck and rough for cover. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, into the temple gates, cross the fiery lakes, but witness to torture souls and plant upon burning stakes. Let's send the terrorists, raise the hell to reach heaven gates. Fire your bomb cathedrals when I switch my car to stay. Regard to animal, from animal back to God. I'm throwing these jewels like WD for rods to raise a nation. That's indispensable, indivisible, based on principle with a digital outputs to outlooks, temperatures rise in. As the sun of righteousness gives spiritual guidance and the lions. Den. The phoenix of rocks in, spitting balls for Mars to the belt of Orion with the iron to Hootie. These faggot devils can't fool me. The phallus gave porn and digesting the pig's booty. The sin is the wickedness, lost in the wilderness. We're never at here to this. Go ahead and slit your wrist. The black card exists. What devils try to exit? We've been in planet crisis until destroyed by ISIS. In the pit of demons, I'm ancient chemist dreaming. Converting satanic cords with the beta semen. Sword swinging, decapitator. Parable addicted, crystal warm mystic, keep it global drinks when I'm lifted. I'm Melchizedek, moving through 50 states. Only trespassers with the gods I relate. Mental alchemists, watch love conquer hate. I am in a golden race above my head to figure eight. I'm Melchizedek, moving through 50 states. Only trespassers with the gods I relate. 
Mental alchemist, watch love conquer hate I am in a golden razor, but my head's a figure eight In a devil's head, severed on a dinner plate Before the throne of God, all devils will meet the fate Below the mason dicks, arises the future gray Imperial, ethereal, sound the trumpets through the stereo Murders with mics, that's why I scratch off the cereal Reverse creation, send you back to some minerals South Shaolin, double MC is the abbot More risk be the nation, black men's land We gotta have it, restore the throne Eradicate the savage When disaster strikes, actual facts you can't manage A fool's on deck, sink ships like Titanic Spread a fear across the land, causing unjustified panic Amongst the brain dead zombies, corporate spits abandons While these wicked overseas collect residuals in their hammock Corporate folks forever remain rancid Poisoning to the mind, afflicted subconscious damage A Melchizedek moving through 50 states Only transmitters with the gods I relate Mental alchemists watch love conquer hate I am in a golden razor but my head's a figure eight I'm Melchizedek moving through 50 states Hermie transmitters with the gods I relate Mental alchemists watch love conquer hate I am in a golden razor but my head's a figure eight Return of the ancient one, the Moorish Naga, the Dragon Rider, or breathing fire, generator, operator, destroyer, a self lord and master, instructor, a Kama Sutra, practicing Tantra, a Kriya Yoga, a Kutalini, the Resurrector, Shishuna, the Eater, Pingala, awaken the seven chakra to come the Avatar, Muhammad the Conqueror, putting sword to your juggler, senior to the ether, the water, air, fire, bender, the earth ruler, usher in the new era. In the saga, I spirit terror, every sound of horror, reflection crack mirrors, minds made feeble, dreams crumble, the curse tremble, thieves in the temple, raise the mental, beyond the four devils, you whack motherfuckers, you know what I'm saying, all you goddamn cool niggas out there, you know what I'm saying, yo son put that fucking rope around them goddamn throats, you know what I'm saying, cause you didn't, you didn't all this goddamn hip hop, that's why hip hop dead motherfuckers, yeah cool niggas, yeah, yeah cool niggas. All right, we out, y'all. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I just got off the um, Google um, YouTube. I did um, both. You left your who? Damn, we got I already watched it. The Return of the Serpents of Wisdom. I don't think they're going to do that one. It's still monetized. If not, I just call it Return of the Ancient One. Money ground just selling cards for the two. Right. Or you do on Western Union, right? Well, I didn't try Western Union. I'm trying to get on back. And I know um, if I'm not able to become and um, showing that they have strong family, they have a strong strap, strong family. Well, you got the sheets and stuff now. And so? No, because um, I, I just finished um, changing hours, too. That's what I, Yeah, that's a new one right there. And I'm flexing went outside, baby, and I'm, I ain't seen her ass since. Okay, so 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 he was with the um so the brother put her ass up in here. Yeah. Cause I was looking but for. But she in danger now that Gus is hurting himself. No, Gus is not hurting. You see him? Yes, he is hurting too. Wait, wait. He has an extension. I think he got hit by a car. 
Yeah, I think he did, but he's doing better now. Yeah, but he has an Because he's been running around chest. with me. He's been running around with me all day. He has an extension in his chest. Right. It's not aligned. His ribs ain't aligned. Right. And then um, he also has a pus. A little bit of the pus thing still there. Mm-hmm. I saw that, yeah. And he also has but, a line but, in his But he's he been running around this yard all day, baby, with me. When I was looking for her um, about um, two and a half hours ago, his ass was running all in the woods, making sure I was all right, all over the place. Mm-hmm. I guess he don't do that. He hurt. And now um, so I had him eating. I had him eating the food that was from um, Gordon Corral. Mm-hmm. And she came and ate some, too. And I said, stop. Good fortune for me. Mm. With force. Wow. Yeah, see? You feeling better? No, he hurt, but he won't hurt me. Oh, okay. She don't have no fucking idea. Mm. Well, she been outside all day, baby, so he ain't fuck up yet, so. Before your old friends. Okay, and keep it too. Okay. All your friends. You got in all your little friends, heck Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 